0: Lowe's. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for Pro Business Hours, 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe's where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.
1: Feral Audio. This feels terrible. This feels terrible. I don't know the first thing about
2: love. Welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGathy. This week on the show, my guest is comedian and author Tara Flynn, and we had a really, really fun conversation about uh, Irishmen versus American men and breakups and uh, also reproductive rights and I'm very excited to share it with you. First of all, a personal update. Uh, last week, I relaunched the podcast, and I was very nervous to share last week's episode because it was super super personal and I was nervous about opening up about uh my divorce and still so weird saying that word divorce. uh my uncoupling my unmarriage my walk back up the aisle do any of these work um I am no longer married, and uh, I was nervous to talk about that. And i i I'm, i just went to, to express great gratitude to everyone listening and everyone who reached out to me and sent me the most beautiful emails. So many people shared their own their own personal stories, which means a lot to me, and uh, just showed their support uh, across all social media platforms, and it just just was a really wonderful thing to see everyone's beautiful hearts on display like that. And that all means a lot, especially now, because I am still in Ireland. Um, Right now, as I'm speaking, I am sitting on the floor of my apartment, which is how I prefer to Record. Um, I'm sitting on the floor of an apartment that I'm just subletting. I'm actually leaving in a few days, and I I'm dealing with visa stuff and figuring things out. So I don't. I'm not. um, I'm not settled, and I haven't been settled for many months now. And earlier this year, when I first came here, that was. I mean it's it's been it's been a source of anxiety, as you might imagine. And even though I there's a lot that I really like about living out of a suitcase i like the the freedom of it and it's you know romantic and fun and uh beat nicky which is uh my favorite actual word in the actual dictionary um but it's uh it, it can it can wear down on it's been wearing down on my on my uh morale um just because I, I I'd like to be I'd like to be a little more settled, that said sharing sharing that podcast last week and having people reach out to me and uh, reach out to me in such a personal way makes me feel tethered. I don't feel as drifty and not in a unhealthy codependent way, but just in a just in a way that that really um my own, my own body, and my own. <laughs> this is, uh, I'll just, i just say this. It's gonna be really hard to just leave this and not cut this out, but whatever. Um, I, it, it, there, an amazing thing happens when you're really honest about stuff that's uh, scary and, uh, and 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 things that make you very vulnerable. Um, I, I feel very at home and at peace in my own body. Uh, It makes me feel grounded, even though I'm in a foreign country, and I don't have a permanent address and all my stuff is in storage. I I feel really good. I feel really good about it. And so thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I am still very much loving Ireland. I went up to Northern Ireland last week, which is Uh, which is in the UK, uh, but it's just just two hours away from where I am now. And I visited the Giant's Causeway, which is a beautiful natural wonder where uh, volcanic rock, when cooled by the ocean, created all these hexagonal shapes, octagonal shapes. I'm not sure. One of those, I believe. And it's, it's really amazing. And there's, there's a myth that there was a giant that was going to go across to Scotland, and then he hid in a, Baby's crib, and there's a there's a whole thing. I highly recommend googling the story because it is uh, it kind of it's uh it's, it's kind of like oh, what's the word? What's the word for the? I mean, there's it's it's kind of it's it's very much a, a kinky uh, maybe, and that's maybe that's just me projecting that, and no one else sees it that way. But the myth is very has a lot of kink to it. So if you want to check out a kinky myth, uh, look up the Giants Causeway and uh, the. Giant and the causeway being a bridge or or pathway to Scotland in this case. So that was very fun. Also, uh, I continue to be amazed by the lack of uh, safety regulations at so many of these uh, very very high traffic tourist spots. I mean, maybe it's my imagination, but I feel like in the United States, there there are a million rules, like an obnoxious number of rules, when it comes to being around anything that's that's slightly unsafe. But here, it is just—I mean, people, people just climbing off of rocks and uh, just r- running all around on giant re- wet rocks over the ocean where the waves are crashing really hard. I—I I mean, I had to—I lo- had to look away so many times because I immediately go into. Nanny mode. And I just am sure I'm going to see someone's head explode on the rocks. Luckily, I did not see that, but I'm sure that happens all the time at the Giant's Causeway. Right? I mean, the people that work there must have, there must be like a, a board in the back room that says number of days since someone, someone's, some, some Italian tourist's head exploded on the causeway. So, that was fun, <laughs> mostly fun because no one got hurt. Uh, I also crossed the uh, rope bridge, which is kind of near there, which I'm now, I'm not forgetting the name of the famous rope bridge, but that was also terrifying, uh, but, but exhilarating at the same time. I rolled around in the grass, pretended I was Anna Green Gables. I can't remember if that's actually something that happens in one of the Anna Green Gables books, but I felt like Anna Green Gables nonetheless. And you're welcome for that Anna Green Gables reference. 80s ladies. When I say 80s ladies, I mean ladies born in the 80s. My guest on the podcast this week is Tara Flynn. Tara is an Irish actor, comedian and writer. I met Tara last summer when I threw an enchilada dinner for female Dublin comedians and I got them very drunk and we ate enchiladas and I asked them for all their secrets and we just had a fantastic time. I was immediately drawn to Tara. She's one of those people that you just want in your life somehow. She's really, really funny and, and quick and irreverent and beautiful and wonderful. She's also from Kinsale, which is in County Cork. I believe that's right. God, please, please tell me that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right, which is where my family is ancestrally from. And I think we look alike. We both have sweet little... Sweet little round faces. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying that, Tara, that you have a sweet little round face. But um, I think you have a sweet little round face. Secrets out. Speaking of secrets, Tara. Um, Tara wrote a book that I was actually I've actually been gifted twice since being here because it's so funny and good, and it's called Your Grand: The Irish Woman's Secret Guide to Life. Also, uh, she wrote another book that I'm really excited to read called "Giving Out Yards: The Art of Complaint Irish Style." She's also married to uh, married to a man from Los Angeles, so I have a particular um, personal interest in talking to her about relationships because I have started seeing an Irish man. Tara and I also discuss the Eighth Amendment here in Ireland. The Eighth Amendment was uh, put in place in 1983, and what it does is it is it continues to make abortion illegal in Ireland. Uh, there is a 14-year prison sentence for abortion for both practitioners and patients. Abortion is illegal when there is a risk to um, the woman's health, and it's illegal in cases of rape, incest, and also in cases of imminent fetal fatality. And um, what it's What it's done is it's it's forced uh, Irish women and trans men to have to make the journey from Ireland to the UK to get an abortion, which sometimes they're not able to do. It's frequently unsafe because they'll go to the UK and get an abortion and then there'll be a complication when they're back here in Ireland and they won't be able they're not able to uh, get the care that they need. And uh, we're talking huge numbers um, since the Eighth Amendment has has been put in, put into place. There's an estimated 200,000 women who have made that journey, and uh, Tara is actually one of them. And so, in the last year, she's a she's she's a comedian, but it, she reached a point where she she um, was is now also an activist for uh, women's reproductive health so we discussed that and um, I'm going to give you more information on how to uh, more information about this so you can learn more about it for yourself because it's not just it's not just an Irish issue it's a human rights issue and um, it's so much it's so much not an Irish issue that uh, there's actually an open letter uh, written by medical professionals uh, to the Irish government 800 or so people from several different countries, I think it was eight different countries, it's either eight or 14. Anyway, the global medical community has come together and wrote this letter to, to the Irish government and Amnesty International posted it and I'm just gonna just gonna read a little bit of it. This is from that letter. The criminalization of abortion prevents healthcare providers from delivering timely medical indicated care in accordance with their patient's wishes. It impedes and disregards sound medical judgment and can undermine the professional duty of care and confidentiality that doctors bear towards their patients. And this is a quote from Dr. Peter Boylan. Under the current law, we must wait until women become sick enough before we can intervene. How close to death do you have to be? There is no answer to that. And, um, yeah, uh, we, we discussed that a little bit. So this, this interview is very (laughs) lighthearted, but, um, I, I want to show, uh, this issue, the respect it deserves, um, before the interview, what I'm going to do right now is just play you a short little clip. Uh, Tara was MC at the March for Choice last year. And um, she had just recently shared her story publicly, which is a really big deal in a country where abortion is illegal. And so this is her speaking at the March for Choice. So we're going to hear that and then go straight into my interview with the lovely Tara Flynn.
3: This is not about me. I was forced to travel for medical care I needed. I told my story, but this is the story of about 200,000 of us, women living in Ireland who have been ignored, who have told their stories and had the government and the media pretend that we haven't. No one should have to tell their story.
1: Oh,
3: Well, I'm glad I did. For attack. But what I was not prepared for was love, support, and so, so many private stories, and righteous, righteous anger. We've had enough. I tried every permutation of being out there. I tried happy alone and yeah. um, you know I tried uh, you know hey let's let's do like the Americans do and date loads of people that we sure. don't do that so well here. I don't know if a few other people have told you that but we don't no, do that. that serial dating so well Right? you know where you don't commit to someone until you get to know them really well. It's like if you go right. on a third date with someone here you're you're married really <laughs> bar the legality
2: yeah, um, there, doesn't, there don't seem to be as many conversations about where your relationships really Oh, no, so good, all like Freudian.
3: good, Freudian <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that yeah. you, that perfectly sums up my relationship history. Um, and you know, I don't want to rag on people because I was a nightmare as well. But sure. there, there were some nightmare combinations. Yeah. I think the worst one ever was uh, someone I'd been dating for two years. We'd been living together, uh, but it wasn't really moving forward. And we were apart a lot because we were both performers. And Ooh. then uh, one very, very, very long distance time, they were very, very far away I'm not going to say countries because it's an identifier but um, they were very 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 far away Okay. and um, <laughs> right. another something, land something like space because kind of space, yeah, of space yeah oh, space okay. let's say space sure. they were in space and I was on earth here <laughs> right. on earth right. and I fell even further to earth when during a, a very late night phone call in fact it was early morning for me and I could hear them sort of chopping their food and making some dinner kind of happy happy out sure. Um I was, uh, I could hear them just chopping away, and uh, they they just said, uh, He said, um, Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, this isn't working, and uh, <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. And I was like, But you're coming home on Sunday, and <laughs> I've planned your birthday. No, I'm not. I'm going to come Ugh. back and pick up my stuff. So I knew in that moment that there was. And of course, you were else. planning his birthday. Of course I was. Of yeah. course I was. The menu, the whole lot. And we'd spent the first sort of half of the conversation talking about that. Then we went, yeah, oh, I can't do it. So, <laughs> you see, that's why I can't, uh, nothing sort of uh, over, you know, nothing sound-wise can endear me to people because there's Ooh. no way, it's already too late now that we're doing a podcast. There, I'm, because obviously my voice is so off-putting that no, during the middle of, f- that's very kind of you, Erin, but I wasn't going out with you. Um, anyway, <laughs> in the middle well, you of a been. Call, I would have. that would have been so
2: much better. I would have at least not let you plan that party. Oh, no, for yeah. God's sake, you would have said, Stop that
3: men, you you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question Delete. about the
2: party planning. Yeah. I I don't know if this this has happened to me. It's happened to me and then other women I know, maybe other and men and men. Yeah. That um I've known more than five people who have been dumped right after or right before a party that they have planned for like an overlay. Or Valentine's Day. Val- yes. That's Valentine's Day. Yes. For yeah. sure. Um, and the it Tuesday is before
3: Valentine's Day. Tuesday before, and, and is
2: the most popular is day really? to break up. Mm-hmm. Is it really?
3: Yeah. You see, I think any big date. It makes people crazy. Any mm-hmm. big date. It could be a wedding. It could be, I'm not talking sure. about, you know, getting stood up at the altar or anything like that. Yeah, the, yeah. Those, or Christmas. Those things happen. Christmas, yeah. but, you know, it's like, let's go to yeah. a wedding together, a family mm-hmm. wedding. You're going to meet my family. And yeah. everybody, everybody goes, ah, <laughs> That is the sound we all hear. Even the people who are going, I really want to meet their family because I really want to move forward with this relationship. Sure. But people still go, Ah, Yeah, it's scary. And if if you're not quite in the right place, then I Happen to think that before is better than after or during. Oh, sure. During is the worst. During face Valentine's it. Day? Hello, it's Nana. <laughs> oh, I see. This yes. is why I'm crying. Um, <laughs>
2: pass, the, oh. pass
3: the salad. Do you,
2: was any part of you planning the party? Did you did you feel it coming at all? Is kind of my question. Because like I, oh. I, I think in some of those, I knew a friend of a friend who planned this gigantic half birthday party. For her a partner, b- oh, a, half, a birthday half birthday party, That's and it just seemed, it, it just, it, it, I didn't know, I didn't know either her, or her boyfriend very well, and it, but it just seemed kind of off.
3: It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. and it seems like kind birthday.
2: of a, and it was a surprise half birthday party. Oh, Lord,
3: I'm already anxious. Yeah, um, and it's I, sweet, but it's it's anxiety provoking. Uh, and I
2: think he was planning. I heard, I heard from someone that he was planning on breaking up with her, and then. He goes to something to meet her, maybe even to break up with her on that night. And all of his friends Surprise! jump out. Surprise! You're staying together for one more day. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. God. And I wonder, because I, I think I've done like grand gestures like that when part of me can
3: feel them. Slipping away. Yeah, but well, this wasn't. This it wasn't, wasn't a, a big party. This was just. Uh, okay. He had been away for his actual birthday, and was right. like, "Okay, we'll, we'll we'll do something when you come back." Yeah, but no. I, and you I, could I was, feel there was someone else. I knew there was someone else. Oh. I absolutely knew. How did just you know? By the, I knew by the casual tone, because it was like this wasn't a. This is breaking my heart, and we spent two years together. Right. But but right. it's fine. It was just. He had is, moved on. This is, this is this is done. Yeah, this is really done. Oh. There'll be no persuading because <laughs> I got. I got options. <laughs> and, you know, people uh, do. But, yeah, we you know, we'd, we'd been having trouble. And so, but I never envisaged it happening over the phone. Right, yeah. Now there are so many ways to be dumped in a really cavalier way. Yes. You know, so many. This was 15 years Snapchat. ago. It was really the phone. Yeah, no Snapchat. There was no Snapchat. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> was... and the picture is counting down. And it's, it's it's just a
2: note that says, I'm I'm done with you. There's no yeah. negotiation. Yeah, that's it. It was yeah. gone. Yeah.
3: yeah, No, no, no. There was nothing like that. But, um. So this was the, apart from a text, this was the most cavalier way it could have been done. And I was, that, that's what floored me. Yeah. And I think afterwards I even said, because we're, we're, we're mates again now. It took a while, but we're mates again now. But it was like, I always said, you know, it was never that the, it was, wasn't even the breakup that mm-hmm. hurt as badly because it's like, well, you know, things end. Sure. Things end and yeah. you get over them. But it, what was the shocker was, wow after two years yeah, just going to do it on the phone I can hear yeah. you chopping your food you're going to eat I'm probably not going to eat for three weeks I'm so sad and you're just going to have such a burger f- yeah. enjoy your burger
2: <laughs> that is a profound detail about the <laughs> chopping especially if he wasn't somebody who cooked a
3: lot and you're like no, 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 you're cho- no, no you're- chop away, chop on uh, take your chopping elsewhere Yeah, which he did <laughs> so um, <laughs> it worked out well for everyone in the end is he still with that person? no Well, haha! Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I you know, it's uh, they, these things always do. It, it's a weird thing to say, but they always do. You know, you look back and you go, of course, that's why we didn't make it. We didn't make it because mm-hmm. we weren't suited, and it's it turns out to be fine. Yeah, in that moment it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I was really, I was really heartbroken in that moment because you're losing a friend as well. That's always of course, the worst yeah. bit of yeah. heartbreak for me. Isn't oh, my relationship's over? And everyone's going to judge me because I'm single. It's <laughs> more, it's. And it isn't even, you know, I'll be lonely because you go out and you do other things. You, you make new friends and it's, it's kind of a cool time. It's kind of almost an exciting time. Yeah. But that friendship is gone. Yeah. And it'll never be the same. And that's the kicker. Yeah. And you're losing someone who you
2: made your family. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like such a big part of your life.
3: Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, that uh, Friday feeling's gone, isn't it? Aaron? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I'm, I'm about to see my ex-husband in a
3: month or so. Okay. And yeah. how's that gonna, how's that feel?
2: Uh, w- well, um, first of all, thank you for letting me talk about me. One of the reasons why I wanted to have on you on the show is I, as I see you as kind of an all-knowing type person because I, I, read your book. Wrong, so wrong. So wrong. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's going to be fine, but he, he just said, said we're, we're opening up communication about boundaries and stuff because he's bringing, He's dating someone new and is bringing her to the thing that we'll be seeing each other at. But I was just thinking about that this morning. The, like, just reminding myself, like, oh, we didn't work out. We didn't work out. We weren't supposed to be together. But it does, it, it makes me... I have so many mixed feelings, you know, because I want him to be happy, and I know that the person he's dating is really cool, and I think that's great. But then also just like, oh, but you were were my toy for so long. Well, it's
3: never easy. I mean, the thing is, no matter how much you've moved on, the first time you see an ex-partner, like, not someone you dated, but an ex-partner with someone else, it's kicking the nuts. It's a big kick in the ghoulies and the girly ghoulies. <laughs> you know, it's like. So it's, oh, it's, the girly
2: ghoulies the sounds girly like g- such a
3: cool <laughs> punk band. Sword, I know you're a singer. <laughs> I think you should. Girly ghoulies, you're in. Oh, great, great. If you I can, can sing. I can play the in. paper bag. Brilliant. Great. Perfect. Paper bag is, is all. That's all. The whole back line is paper bag. So. <laughs> It's going to be great. Um, you yeah, know, it always, it's always a little shocking, even mm. though you've prepared for it. It's a rug pull, isn't sure, it? That like rug sure. comes out from under you. Your, your, your adrenaline kicks in. I yeah. oh, certainly mind. I'm I just talking about me here, so I'm not all knowing at all, but I... I, no, I sh- well,
2: I'm interviewing you. Yeah.
3: I, I, that's definitely what happens to me. It is always strange, and you always always whether you like it or not whether you're trying to be kind and cool and yeah. and magnanimous and and a brilliant person sure. you still go Either, oh my god, I'm so shit. This person's so much cooler than me. Or um, (laughs) you, (laughs) idiot. Right, right. You know, it's it's just it's human nature to be an asshole (laughs) when you see your partner Uh, with
2: someone. The the last time, the last time that I did this, I went to a party and I was so cool up top. It was like the first time seeing my ex, and he was there with his new girlfriend, who he actually left me for. For which is a different situation than my situation now but I was so cool up top and then two drinks in I was <laughs> crying and walking to F- not crying at first but just I walked I cornered him and I said hey can you just just admit you're a bad person and he was like what and I was like just say you suck <laughs> and his new girlfriend was cry. oh he did he did
3: <laughs> fair play to him for that but it was very it was very inappropriate of me too. Do that. Yeah, but you see, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. and and I will, I will freely, you know. That's why I say I don't want to, to sort of rag on any exes or or people I've dated because. Hello, Nightmare Flynn here. And there, there isn't a bar or a restaurant in this town or other towns I could name that I haven't right. cried yeah. in or, or done exactly what you've said. You know, you've got you've got one to, to share. I've probably got 10, you know, and oh,
2: yeah, oh, nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Have you had any uh, weird interactions with like with with an ex's new partner?
3: Not really. Um. No, not that I can think of. You know, I didn't have that many uh, longer term partners. Mm. I was was working a lot. I was touring a lot. So I was doing that performer thing of of lots of short lived things that that were quite, you know, people who became friends later on. Yeah. And in fact, when I get misogynistic abuse online, Mm. sometimes it's, oh, I heard that, oh, I heard that she slept with loads of comedians. And it's like, (laughs) oh, sorry, you mean my other, other single colleagues when I was single? And yeah, yeah. No, yeah, well, please take me away, you, your, your worship. And male, male comedians are
2: usually very
3: chaste. Yeah, and absolutely just chaste and you know, cross-legged, on, you mm. know, chanting
2: before yes. gigs, that yes. kind of thing. And when audience members come up after shows, they're always like, no, 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 but you see, I'm not going
3: to take advantage of the situation. As we know, they're legends, but I, this is a way to try and shut me down. So I just went, right, yeah. so I just, I love when people come up, at me, come at me with that. I just go, are you serious? I had sex. That's the worst you can do. <laughs> yes I had sex it (laughs) was great it was great (laughs) and it was a lot of fun and I I made a lot of friends Yeah, (laughs) a lot (laughs) I love the idea (laughs) I love the idea of like you you
2: recommending to someone moving to a new town how to make friends and you're like well just uh, just you know you know, start sleeping your legs and...
3: a lot, as I keep told, yeah. getting told not to do. There are people walking by <laughs> and they're what is this interview about? I do. Maybe that was one of my friends. No, no. <laughs> I, uh, I
2: I, I am friends with with many people that I've been with, and I like, I like that
3: yeah. element of it. I do you, too.
2: Yeah, because there's not, there's not tension.
3: Absolutely. And
2: it's you've also seen them at their most vulnerable and yeah. it's kind of it's really fun, it's, I think it's really funny seeing like a man's a man's naked butt just like walking to the bathroom
3: just, like, like, gorgeous hilarious what's well, not to love yeah. about it and yeah absolutely so then that that person becomes your friend it's like butt but friends
1: it's
3: we need more butt friends that's my that's yes. my absolute 100% bit of advice to, to the friends. world <laughs> <laughs> and to myself from now on
2: yeah ah, how much do you talk about um, past relationships with
3: your husband not so much it's mm. just not fun for anyone, sure, and yeah. um, particularly lately. And I don't know if you want to touch on this, but talking about a very personal experience publicly, mm. uh, as I have done here, I've, I've talked about um, having an abortion and uh, because right. abortion is illegal here, obviously. Yeah. So um, I spoke about it was time for people to share their own stories so that w- we put our heads above the parapet and people realize how many of us there are. Um, and so I, I did and I mean that was difficult for him but he was brilliant yeah. about it you know but it's it's that was sort of a necessary one but when right, they're yeah. not necessary you don't want to rub someone's nose in yeah, yeah of course you know I mean it, it comes <laughs> up you know dating stories come up particularly right. when you're first dating yeah. I think as you get settled into a relationship it's just a little rude I'm oh, sure of it's course it's a little rude to go Gary was never like this you oh know, well <laughs> Gary picked up his towel <laughs> <laughs> Gary what Is are there? you doing Mary, Gary <laughs> Maybe I won't.
2: I like it here. <laughs> I um, I just found out just a couple of days ago that the Eighth Amendment, which is um, ma- making abortion illegal in Ireland, is is, yeah. o- is not
3: that old. I didn't realize no, it was just in state no, in nineteen eighty And what the Eighth Amendment states, it the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution states that the life of a fetus and the life of the the woman carrying the fetus are mm. equal. It equates a woman and a and a fetus. Right. Um, which anyone who does maths or biology or mm or can think yeah. knows that's just not true. Yeah. We're not equal. Um, you know. A fetus, this is what I believe, is potential for life. Mm-hmm. It's not life yet. It's right. not a person mm-hmm. yet. A woman's a person and she exists and she has to have rights mm-hmm. over her own body and what the Eighth Amendment to our Constitution. It's in our Constitution. You know, it's taboo to talk about abortion all over the world. It's Mm -hmm. it's difficult to speak about and people have very strong views and I hope this isn't triggering for people, but the thing is when your Constitution adds to that pressure, when your Constitution lends weight to maybe someone who wants to attack you uh, according to your morals, Mm -hmm. they want to attack your morals and they want to attack you and the Constitution backs them up, That's a very uncomfortable situation. And yeah. that's what we're having to do now, is is just even though it is a bit uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable for our partners, it's uncomfortable for my mum. But we're having to talk about it. They've been so supportive by the way. My mum is one hundred percent behind me talking about it. That's
1: good. Because she
3: she really wants Ireland to move forward and she wants women to be equal here too, you know? Right. So can
2: you can you talk about how the Eighth Amendment affects women in Ireland, Annan? On a
3: individual level, there's a there's a low level hum. There's a there's a constant hum of oppression,
1: mm-hmm. you
3: know. And I hate that sounds like a very big word, but when you know your constitution doesn't a doesn't see you as equal to men, right? Because there's no provision made for them at all or their bodies yeah. in there. So already we're not equal. Um, and then that when it would be a choice of your life or the fetus's life, as we've had several very macabre cases right. in recent years, um, that the fetus will often be chosen right you know sometimes put above and if i believe and i'm not sure so I, you know i don't want to, to go too far into legality i always state that i'm not from an organisation and i'm not a lawyer and i just have lived experience mm-hmm. um, so i don't know the, the the full wordings or any of that but i do believe that one of the prior wordings before the life the, the right to life of the woman and the fetus being equal mm-hmm. was that the fetus was was prioritised right so but in 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 practice that that can happen here anyway yeah. Um, so uh, we're in a very sticky. I mean, at the very sticky ground. Uh, it's like people don't know what exactly what the law demands. Mm-hmm. So doctors find it hard to act, even if they think they are going to be within the law. They find it hard to act because they have to right. consult the constitution, yeah, um, or a lawyer. Sure. Um, but meanwhile, this is an urgent case that's that's on the table. You yeah. Know, in in surgery, right there. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and it sounds like I'm overdramatizing. It sounds like I'm... No, um, it, not, but, at, all. But it, not it, at all. But unfortunately, not apologize for talking about this at all, yeah. Yeah, and I just know that one of the ways to diminish and shut down is that anti-choice people will say, that doesn't happen. Well, I'm sorry, but it does, so...
2: Right, I, I haven't been here that long, and I've already, in the uh, friend of a friend who went over to England, because mm-hmm. people, you, you wrote about, and I'll put the, post this uh, article on the uh, Facebook page but you wrote an article on head stuff about um, the eighth and you <laughs> the <laughs> island <laughs> <laughs> yes the island yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was great by the way and Thank you. the uh, it's nice to spice up the abortion I like this,
3: you know <laughs> hey can we make this funny that's my next question you know can we make people's own stories you know can we tell them any way we want mm-hmm. that's ownership, full ownership, so we don 't have to talk about it in hushed tones, and so with an article like that and with other work on thinking about making i want it, I want to own it I want yeah. to fully own it because i don 't have ownership of my own body, right, but I have ownership of my own story mm-hmm. so i 'm going to tell it how I want that's great so yeah. <laughs> so if there are going to be a few more satirical articles or you know then there will be what what can what can people do to help? What can I do to help? What is the. I think keep talking about it. And even, mm-hmm. even allowing me to speak here is such a. Uh, it's oh, but I'll cut this fun. off. Oh, great. <laughs> Fuck's sake. The podcast Shouldn't is going to be just Oppression, my Oppression. Story. It's everywhere. The Americans are doing it now. Um... Or I'll edit your voice so it just says, I love. Oh, I love. Love, love, life. I, only love life.
2: Only no,
3: yeah. no, I, life. Well, only. I also hate it when
2: people when people say pro. Yeah, me too. I'm pro life.
3: I'm pro life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm and uh, but I'm pro women's lives. You know. Mm. it would be a wonderful, magical world if, uh, you know, an unwanted pregnancy could find, you know, could find a, a different host. Unfortunately, we're right. not at that, in that place technologically. And if a woman simply wants to end the pregnancy because she can't face being pregnant, she can't cope, she's got mm-hmm. mental issues, she's got financial issues, whatever they are, they're none of my business. Yeah. I don't know what a crisis is for someone else. If someone tells me they are in a crisis pregnancy and they need to end it. They end it. But that is their choice. It's mm-hmm. not about being anti-life. It would be a magical thing if we could save every potential life. But then we're going to have to gather an awful lot of sperm up <laughs> and keep it in little vials. And um, I'm not right. going to be in charge of that. So unless you are. <laughs> God, <what a> <laughs> I'm so sorry. But we have, look, no, we've got to take I this to a logical conclusion. Who does it? There's <laughs> bottom friends and now uh, sperm collection. So... <laughs> Be a really hot year for you, isn't it?
2: <laughs> isn't it? Un- isn't it unfair that? Period blood is so gross. Meanwhile, yeah,
3: but you know, I was uh, I was doing at a talk. I was talking about it. I was about, you know, when people were saying, "Oh, tweeting our, the Taoiseach, our Prime Minister tweeting him." Grania Maguire did a brilliant protest where mm-hmm. she tweeted him her period. Saying, "If you want to know <laughs> about my womb, you better know all about all about all my gynecological doings." Right. So yeah, she tweeted him, her, live tweeted him her period. Um, and it was going, you know, loads of people and brilliant. Loads of women joined in. It's very funny. If you can, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure it's been storified various places. It's really worth checking out. All sure. the, the the things that people. Tweeted the prime minister, our Taoiseach, are hilarious, and it was for me. It was a beautiful little tiny act of rebellion. To yeah, say, yeah, this is what you're actually saying. Yeah, if you, the state, have ownership over our wombs, let's let's get on board with all of it. Right. Yeah. You know, um, but I, I was talking about this at, at a I think at a UCC femsoc. I was just going, you know, people people who watch the goriest movies imaginable, the people who, you know, would watch a, mm-hmm. a surgery, a live surgery on TV, um, they're going, oh, periods, oh, I'm like, it's a tablespoon of blood. What, what's wrong? You know, it's, it's wound yeah. lining. What's wrong with it's you No, know, because it's come out of a disgusting vagina. That's your problem. Right. And you've yeah. got to get over the fact that vaginas are not disgusting and sure. they exist and
2: we're here to stay. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when i was when i was 12 years old i hadn't gotten my period yet and uh i there were some girls in the locker room like the cool girls were talking about their period somehow and i wanted to join in, the, in on the conversation so i walked up and i said Uh Doesn't it smell bad? Because I just assumed. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, oh, you're disgusting. Your period smells bad. And I was like, yeah, isn't it the worst?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm one of you. Yeah. I'm a pesky vagina owner
2: too. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it disgusting? (laughs) Um, uh, Speaking, oh, and for the record, I think neither period blood nor sperm is actually gross. I do think they do. Yeah. I think they're both. We were just having some fun by turning the tables. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm um, going to. Oh, I, OK. So on to some more selfish questions. Yeah. So you're you are married to an American man. Yes,
1: I am. A,
3: yeah. I nabbed one. <laughs> Brilliant. So um, the whole thing is, you know, and it's in my books. of course it's tongue in cheek but the whole drive is kind of you know be very nice to Americans we were taught this when I was (laughs) a kid very nice to Americans because you know we need them to keep coming back (laughs) we have nothing else we just the agriculture you know if we can sell that to Europe if the whole European deal goes well that's fine Mm. but other than that we're going to need the Americans and the Germans and the French but you know the (laughs) Americans in particular yeah we need yeah we know to give them good good directions not bad ones (laughs) don't send them to the wrong place you know the whole thing Um, so there is that sort of thing of oh you're an american man not a, like you could get a green card <laughs> you can get out of here too not only is right. he here spending his you know spending his money you know paying tax in ireland and mm-hmm. um, you, you know there's this green card thing so look i i've no plans to live in the states at the moment you know we're sorry. we're happy enough in ireland right mm-hmm. now but yeah truth is i could get a green card if we went there That's so great. yeah sorry sorry everyone out there <laughs> I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny. You're probably finding it now. It's, it's really big deal moving country and he's here and, you know, even though we were married and it was fairly straightforward, still some hoops you have to jump through to, to live and work in another country. Sure.
2: Yeah. And I, um, uh, you met him in in London, yeah, right? Back in,
3: 2009? 1842. Um, I met him in 2000. What year was it? It was 2008. Okay, 2008. that was pretty close. Yeah, we yeah. got married in 2010. And then we moved back here in 2011. Ah, so I'm wondering, he's from
2: where I'm from, from Los Angeles. Yeah. And I'm, he's born and raised in Los in Angeles. In Inglewood, yeah.
3: Right, right. So 92nd of Figueroa. And he grew up actually with uh, John Singleton. Um, oh, okay. Who uh, made Boys in the Hood. Yes. Yeah, they Great. grew up together. Um, oh, themselves cool. and another guy called Michael, I believe. Yeah, they all hung out together and they went to see the Star Wars, to, not Star Wars, I think, but Empire together when they were, you know, quite small and shouldn't have been mm. mitching off school, but they did. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so he has some very happy memories. Um, also, you know, there were there were tough times and he was living there during the Rodney King riots and right. kind of talks about having to pick up his sister from school and going, I don't know how to get to you. like. Yeah. Yeah there was no way and no way to call her like yeah. this was pre mobiles and all that. So he's got some very interesting stories and as I, he used to say in my stand up like our backgrounds are so different. <laughs> you know I'm from rural west cork and he's from he's from Inglewood uh, during yeah. those times. So yeah. yeah, very different backgrounds. This is a a big question they may not be able to answer. I can't but...
2: solve race <laughs> issues. I'm sorry. I can't.
3: <laughs>
2: well I was wondering do you, do you think do you think Irish people Understand, uh, have any sort of grasp on like the the, the, what a huge deal that stuff is in the United States and like how.
3: No, I don't think they do, and I don't think they even have a grip on uh, a a grasp of their own white privilege. And I, I I'm I'm at the very beginning of my learning curve. I did an interview very early on after. You're white. I'm totally white. Yeah. Totally white. <laughs> totally probably white. not. They say that, you know, our genetics are probably North African and, you know, who knows? Like, I'd love <laughs> to find out. Um, you know, Ireland is, like, we didn't pop up on the island like mushrooms. Like, we're from somewhere. Right. No, no, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I made a, a video called Racist B&B because Carl got yes, some racist yeah. abuse and because I work in satire, I wanted to take a satirical look at, I, I saw this show about, um, this award-winning bed and breakfast and I went, well, we are, aren't we so welcome? We are so welcoming. We're really welcoming. Oh, we're still the best <laughs> at the breakfast and the, well, <gasps> unless, and I just thought, I wanted to marry those two ideas, so I made this thing called Racist B&B and Carl is in it, um, having, you know, getting to thumb his nose back at the, the lads who, who shouted horrible things at him and yeah. um, made him feel intimidated. Um, but it was, you know, shortly after that, this, this guy did, did a, I don't even know where he was in the US, but he did a podcast and he was sort of asking me about white privilege and I didn't have the language to discuss it because mm. I hadn't had to discuss it before. Yeah. You know, I had lived in London, so there was much more, much more cosmopolitan. But it's only when you, you live with someone, when you either are a person of colour or you, you live with someone and you see what they go through day to day, that you really see, you know, like someone said to me last week, and it's a really interesting, uh, it's a really interesting way to put it, but we think, white people think white privilege is subtle. It's not something, (laughs) no, at all. Mm, It's just not at all. Um, We know, you know, we can empathise. I think a little bit as women, because you know, male privilege is similar. It's sort of silent, and it's sort of Mm
2: -hmm.
3: um, you. You get it's imperceptible to those who benefit,
2: right? Yeah,
3: and hands up. So, white privilege was that for me, and uh, is that for me? I'm still learning, so I'm. I'm just trying to keep my eyes and ears open now. It's it's kind of a. Honour, I think, is the best way to put it when you're, I I call it the privilege veil, goes up. whenever, and somebody said to me recently, you were wearing a veil the whole time? (laughs) Like, no, but when you, you you don't realise you have blinkers on and suddenly the blinkers fly off and you go, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. And I was, because I was the beneficiary of privilege, I didn't, I didn't, I I didn't question it. Sure. Part of it's laziness, part of it's just pure ignorance, ignorance in the purest sense of the word, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trying to learn the right language around it and... And just listen, 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 listen. It's fascinating what's happening in the U.S. But I think that's a very long-winded way to answer your question. Though I don't think people have a grasp of it here. It, mm. it, people coming to live here from other countries or people of of different colors are new. It's relatively new, right? Yeah. So
2: um, here's a much more light-hearted
3: question. <laughs> but so I hope, and so I hope, I have solved race <laughs> relations.
2: I always, yeah, I, I, I. I, I I love I love talking about this stuff, and then I feel so because because I I am also white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. My family is actually um, distantly from Kinsale. Oh, for
3: goodness' sake, yeah. we're cousins. Yeah, amazing. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I do think I look like you. Yeah. Uh, yay! <laughs> I love that. I'd be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, flattery, flattery. Uh, <laughs> but I yeah I um, yeah white privilege wise I feel I feel. D- embarrassed. Yeah. Talking about it. it's it's hard to talk about like you said without the language and we're just two white ladies sitting in a fancy hotel. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely yeah. and and what's you know what do we know and we don't know anything is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um but we have to learn and yeah. we have to listen. And even when I made the video when I made Racist B&B it started a great dialogue here. It was yeah. it was and it was well received in the yeah, UK as well. Yeah, it's huge there. I've seen it pop um, up a million times. Yeah. Time. Um but I think in the U.S. it might even be seen as you know stop sticking your oar in you know and I, and I, I get that I what would understand that? What does that mean? stop sticking your oar in oh um, your nose and yes the, yeah, our stuff yeah like this, yeah this isn't your this isn't your um, area but you see my family is. My area and my husband, uh, right? You well, know, that I seems strange because you're not commenting on a, on American. No, race no, no, stuff no. And well, and I, look, I don't even know, but I would. Right. I, I'm just want to stay open to that. That, yeah, that yeah. And and not if someone oh, says see, it to me, say, I don't okay. want to be defensive. You know, right, and go yeah. no, because no, you're wrong. I want to go. Yeah. Okay, that's an interesting perspective, and I'm and I want to I want to learn more. Yeah, you, know? you want to be a good, uh, a advocate. good ally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a good ally, and yeah. and just go right. You know yeah. what? What can I do? what can I do and what I can do is because I have a little bit of profile here is raise raise awareness mm-hmm. and I wanted to raise awareness here of what I see is the most insidious form of racism because we've overt right. racism too. IReport.ie is a brilliant um, website um, run by uh, ENAR, the uh, European Network Against Racism mm-hmm. and IReport.ie is a very easy, quick way to report if you witness or experience racism. So mm-hmm. you don't even have to be connected to the person who you've seen Receiving racist abuse and it could be it could be graffiti, it could be verbal abuse, but you can report it. And, and I report. W- and I. then what do they do? Is it just to bring if a, they feel a crime has been committed, they will they will okay. contact you and say, "Look, do you want to take this further, or do you know the person involved? Do you can we mm. help in any way? Can we bring the guards in? Can we, you know?"
2: And right, they're right. also
3: um, advocating for um, hate crime legislation, which is is woeful here. Right. So they're going, they're trying to firm that up, but meanwhile they're trying to, to provide support. And if a, if a law has been broken or a crime has been committed they will help or ask if someone wants intervention or support mm-hmm. other than that it's just a database
1: okay. so
3: that because people don't go to the police they don't go to the guards right they're uh, either afraid to or they don't want to bother them or <laughs> they don't want to rock the boat yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. mad but they don't sure. but i suppose what i did with racist bnb was so they get they get all kinds of things from from um people having eggs thrown at them people being punched so mm-hmm. they get all all that sort of more physical end of the violence Right For me, what I wanted to raise awareness of was how, how diminishing and how withering it is to someone to, to just and I'm using air, you know, lame air quotes here mm-hmm. to just have verbal abuse thrown at you and right. to see to see Carl when he came home, because usually what happens is it might happen in the centre of Dublin and it takes him a long time to get home yeah. because we were in Kinsale, my hometown, yeah. um, which is a lovely welcoming place. That's why mm-hmm. the whole point of making the video um, after that incident was, if it can happen here, where it is quite cosmopolitan, it is quite welcoming. There is quite a mix of people. Right. If it can happen in this town, this welcoming lovely town, it can happen anywhere. Uh, but it was about that, That I'm so long winded. I do apologize. No, You're going to have to it's edit crazy. loads <laughs> out. <laughs> um, please breathe Tara at some point. Um, <laughs> it was casual, casual racism. Like I'm not racist, right. but racism. Yeah. And you could use, with racist B&B, it could be a sexist B&B. It could be, you know, it could be a transphobic B&B. It's like, mm. you know, I'm, I'm lovely and I'm speaking in a lovely voice and I'm saying lovely things. Yeah. It's just, I don't want you here. I yeah. don't want you here. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, so it's uh well, let's let's talk about that and it did generate some dialogue here. So but 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 as I say, I do want to be a good ally. Uh I don't want to ever speak for cuz I can't. I don't have the experience. I sure, I'm, yeah. I, um good. All right. Well, now for my <laughs> This
2: is funny too. Uh to segue out of that, but um I I have a burning question for you. <gasps> Great. So, you are dating someone, or you're, you are da- you forever dating someone. Yeah, uh, you're married to someone from Los Angeles. Yeah. I'm from Los Angeles. I am now dating Irish men. Okay, I'm wondering what you think the differences are between hmm. Irish men and American men go answer all my questions
3: okay <laughs> well seeing as i've only married one american man this, this is kind right. of a niche well and carl is gonna have to represent kind all, american all american men, men. Yeah. yeah i know good luck good luck Carl. Um, <laughs> uh, it was really funny. He was on a date when we met. And when mm. Irish people hear that, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and American people go, oh, OK, it was like, well, like third date. I say, I say, yeah, yeah, third yeah. date. Like, oh, OK, no yeah. problem. <laughs> Everyone here goes, oh, my God. So, so you obviously <laughs> thought he was a cheat, a big cheat. And oh, so my thought, gosh. But a little bit of me kind of did. It was in my right. heart. Like we... we what, what was the context? Was it, context it a party? Was, it, was a, it was a late night actors bar in, you know, those oh. great old places. I think I had actually <laughs> said the words as I walked down the steps. But if there's one place you're never going to meet a significant other, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know I loved funny. the place, but it was kind of. Hookups mainly, not, you know, sort sure. of fun, you know, those fun kind of things we were talking, you know, people finish, I've just finished shows, people come in, they've been in a musical, <laughs> they've been in a comedy friends. store. and, it's and nice you become butt friends. Yay, yes. <laughs> yeah, little sperm jars around them. <laughs> <place>. um, <laughs> oh, by the way, so you, that's another difference, you have to get a sperm jar if you're dating an oh. Irish guy, you have to have one, so yeah, just, they're in every pharmacy, though it's fine. <laughs> Um, Very tiny, though, so because they're individual. I only 70% know you're kidding. kidding okay <laughs> so uh, yeah he was on this date and uh, uh, he took my number which just Irish guys don't we don't do that and in Britain as well that that we're starting to date a little more because mm-hmm. I guess because we've seen it in American movies and shows so much <laughs> and it's such a civilized lovely thing mm. you know you go on a few dates kind of go I yeah. think you're cute I think you're cool let's get to know each other whereas in Ireland it's like I've seen you across a room we're both a bit drunk Um, (laughs) let's kiss the faces off each other maybe go to bed together maybe not maybe we'll be really classy and Mm. not on the first date (laughs) and then um, then we might arrange to meet but pretend we're not that bothered right oh hi how are you yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah this isn't a date no no we've just happened to be in the same room again and uh, let's see um Tequila, tequila. Um, it, there, there, there is a lot of drinking now, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm really not. Um, you know, Ireland has a really dangerous drinking. Do people drink here. Yeah, we're yeah. And we're all black. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, people do not uh, do not uh, look after themselves well here in the old drink front. Hands Ooh. up, me too. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it definitely is a loosener, shall we say? Um, oh, yeah, and yeah. you know, and I, I know people when they give up. Alcohol there often is a question of how am I going to meet people now, how am I going to get mm-hmm. rid of my shyness? And I think a right. lot of it is that we're we're kind of outwardly friendly mm. but inwardly crushingly shy, right yeah, I heard that explained to me uh, and it's 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 a really weird combination. I think that's where the drinking comes from, mm. a lot of it in terms of getting getting a bit more sociable in terms of dating. Well, we have. Well, we've, you know, divorce is only in since '95, I think it was. Was it five? Was it four? '94, maybe? Yeah, I yeah, know. Not it was a lawyer, long ago, which is amazing. Also, it's
2: there, do you know there's a four year
3: period between separation. Yeah, that's that, still that's in existence. Yeah. People are campaigning to have it reduced. Bec- it should be reduced. Because that's human, you know, human beings and getting, you know, getting another chance at life and love and yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is still that slightly regressive, oppressive uh, mm. Catholic residue from the, sure. the Catholic Church. and the Catholic the, the, residue, also a great all girl band. Mm. Mm-hmm. So girly ghoulies oh. and, the, and the Catholic residue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that stuff I think it meant that that there were k- kind of high stakes and I think culturally mm. that's still even though it's much more progressive now and people are right. much more open don't have those kind of expectations and people marry a lot later people used to marry in their, like, when they were 21 and that was yeah. the, you know, the end of it yeah. um, for life so yeah. I th- and this is just a theory but I think culturally that still overhangs a little bit like this is a big deal If if I express an interest, it's a big deal. Whereas I think it's happening slowly. We're loosening up a bit and people are are dating a bit more. Online dating, Tinder, those (laughs) things are good things for Irish people. Yeah. Because it sort of brings it down a little bit more to, hey, this is a fun thing. This is not a lifelong commitment from day two. Right. You know, don't be afraid, everybody. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's oh, good. I wonder. Yeah. I don't know. I'm out of the market now. I'll never know. I'll never know again. <laughs> you tell me. What's it like? <laughs> what are the differences? Ah, I think well, American men are open and, and and Irish men are getting more open. What do you think? Hmm. Huh. Um, hmm.
2: Are Irish men more open? Well, I've only, I've only dated one Irish man. I'm dating I'm gonna, an Irish man. I'm going to have to
3: find out who.
2: I think you've met him.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't have to say his name on the podcast, but you can tell me and cut it out, or you can tell me after. I'll
2: ta- well, I'll or you don't to... have to tell me at all. I'm so nosy. No, I'll, t- I'll tell you after, too. Uh, I'll, I'll create Is intrigue. Is it an
3: ongoing dating thing?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's oh, cool. Um, yeah. Well, we, uh, yeah, we've been s- seeing each other since I moved here. Really. Oh,
3: brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Welcome to Ireland.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's here's a, your new Here's boyfriend. your new boyfriend. Yeah. It's for Um, life.
3: That's it now. Yes, you're you're married. Certain counties. (laughs)
2: Um, No, he's 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 so sweet. It's well. It seems like oh god, this is such a. I wonder he'll listen to this, which is fine. It seems, and this is my first time thinking about this, but he, I think the big difference is I can still sense the traditional roles there. Okay, like though he's super feminist and likes that I'm very capable of stuff like he told me the other day one of the most romantic things I've ever heard which was that one of the first things he was attracted to me was about my, was my hands because they're very sensible
1: ah. and
2: I, cl- I clearly like do stuff with my hands oh. I, was like, oh I really like that you like that Absolutely. about me I also like that about me um yeah but he he still is very chivalrous without being diminishing at all yeah and I've always been kind of like icky about chivalry and stuff it's always made me feel a little insecure but, yeah. but somehow he does it in Sometimes a way it
3: can come off as smarmy.
2: I think um, Yeah but I, I think because I can feel where his heart's at that, yeah. his, that his heart truly does believe that we are equal and he's doing yeah. it just out of out of love that we have not said that to each other
3: okay how when does so that happen interesting that happens as you know in so many different ways <laughs> and times and places oh he's huh? trying to get in the fire escape it's the love police <laughs> oh no it's him <laughs> bursting down rumbled. the door <laughs> it's the <resistance> we have. <laughs> um, uh. yeah no carl's pretty um pretty feminist as well he's very 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 feminist in fact i think you know which is um, I don't know because we are that little bit older. Like we're in our in a girls, you know, in his in his late forties, and uh, I don't know that many of that age group who are really open about just professing their feminism. Right. It yeah. start again. I think it's it's spreading, and this seems to be a global thing. More and more allies and other, it's a word that applies there too. Mm-hmm. Are coming out and going. No, I listen. We we're equal, and you yeah. know back off yeah. other people. Um, you know, so uh, I think it, it's a lovely thing. That's mm-hmm. I find it so hot. I find someone yeah. who really is is passionate about equality. That I found out so that hot. he went
2: to the repeal the 8th March and ah. melted my pants off. Yeah, yeah. i melted mine too. I'm,
3: you know, there I was at the top of it crying. Uh-huh. so <laughs> Everything would have melted off.
2: Yeah. What, what was that like? So you, was that your first year emceeing? Second, second second right.
3: uh, but I didn't Dempsey last year I was away okay. Um was my second time I'm seeing it but it was my first time with all the cards on the table right were you you so did you did you tell your your
2: story when do, do you call it your abortion story or is there yeah, more, whatever you know yeah.
3: there there there's that's that's the that's the crux your of it so, your abortion
2: testimony yeah or, my yeah.
3: abortion story um yeah <laughs> no I I call it all kinds of things So it depends mm-hmm. you know I call you know it's just my personal story sometimes I say that's mm-hmm. my euphemism but you know my own story but it's an abortion story that's what right, it is yeah. so yeah I told that in September and it was only about three weeks before the March for Choice which I was already down to MC so yeah. it just took on a slightly different colour different yeah. tone um, so um, but but thank your, your guy because it really it meant a lot People being there, That's you, you know, everyone who tweeted, everyone who stood there, um, you know, it was. It really meant a lot. Um, I don't think the politicians are taking any notice of us at the moment, but really, we will continue to stand. We'll continue to stand. Right. And, and is the organisation called Repeal the Yeah, there is an organisation. I'm not a member, a direct member oh, okay. or affiliate of any of them. Right. Um, okay. I think they all do amazing work. I'm just an individual who's who shared my story and i will i will um stand with various of the groups periodically you know when they need someone to m c or or when they want a story shared or something like that mm. but i'm not doing I'm not doing the cold face work that they're doing there absolutely incredible people um men and women um just they've been advocating for so long when even saying pro-choice um even you know calling it the abortion rights campaign they you know they deliberated over what to call it and then they decided right. to just set out their stall for exactly what they they wanted yeah. and um and you know, to, to that was a bold statement mm-hmm. in and of itself. Um, they're the ones, the coalface. They're incredible. The Abortion Support Network. They're the people who are helping women get to Britain if they just don't have enough money. People who are oh, short nice. by a few, a few pounds, mm-hmm. um, and they'll they'll help them uh, to to complete the journey. Um,
2: Is that uh, that something that people can contribute to? Yes,
3: yes, absolutely. All of them, all of them are are basically self-sufficient. So any donations to any of them, abortion rights campaign, abortion support network, they're all, you know, anything under the repeal, the eighth umbrella, they're all, um, they're the ones, as I say, at the coalface, they're doing the Trojan work and they're, they're helping people in need today, tomorrow, next week. There are 12 people going to the UK today. Oh yeah. there are many more who are uh, uh breaking the law by uh acquiring pills online
2: uh, and that's and that's then so they can't have medical supervision the yeah. because
3: the doctor can't be implicated in helping with with the termination. Ugh. so it's incredibly it's so incredibly dangerous dangerous yeah. and it's, um those pills are incredibly safe when taken under medical supervision mm-hmm. um but they're not safe when they're taken on your own. And you're afraid, people are afraid to go to A&E if they have complications to accident and emergency at the hospital. Right. So, uh, yeah, any help those, if anyone has a spare few quid for, you know, the pint they were going to have this weekend and they wanted to throw that extra pint towards any of those organizations or any of other ones that you like, you Mm -hmm. know, please do. Um, (laughs) I will definitely
2: list all that information. I think that would be great. And I'm I'm really happy to hear about that because I I really want to get involved. Yeah, Yeah, I mean
3: in in any way you want to get involved, any way at all they can use all kinds of help Um, there are speak outs periodically Um, uh, they're really moving, people in a room standing up and telling their stories and um, it's really strange it's really strange because it's so sort of underground but coming above ground, it's it's Mm -hmm. like the power in going no we're taking this out of the underground we're going to yeah. say this publicly the exile project which is an incredible project I don't know if you've you've seen it but it's um
2: the luggage and no with oh, pictures no. Okay. just okay.
3: pictures of of women who have had to travel for an abortion right called the okay. so word the exiles but it's ah. just the exile x i l e X-I-L-E, the exile project Ooh. and it's just portraits I of various see. women and there are loads okay. more are coming people are dying to sign up because the other, because uh, they're doing a global initiative called uh, She's Not a Criminal. Okay. And I was on their My Body, My Rights panel. And initially, oh. again, I'd been asked to chair it, to MC it, and uh, chair the panel discussion. And I said, I've got some lived experience. I feel it's time to share. And would yeah. you guys be interested? And they said, that would, be, that would be, we think that'd be really powerful. That's great. Um, so I told my story. But women in that tent that day, in that marquee at Electric Picnic, they, they told their stories they just stood up and told them and I think what's happening now is that we're so tired of being silenced and shamed yeah we're just not having it anymore yeah and I'm not also not not for one second suggesting that people should tell their stories it's so private it's so personal and that was actually the thrust of my Irish Times articles. Like, this is none of your business. Sure. You know, it, it's none of anybody's business. But, but it is so freeing and but it empowering. Is, it's empowering and, to yeah. say, we are here. We exist. Mm-hmm. You're pretending we don't exist. And the more of us there are, the more we can say, no, you know we exist, but you're just saying you don't care. Yeah. And calling people on that is really powerful. And I don't know where it'll go. I don't. I, I want to be optimistic. When are the
2: next, is that stuff getting, it's not getting voted on in this next No, election, it's not getting
3: voted it? on. But, but I mean, certain parties have come out and said, we will make it a, you know, we will table it for referendum. You know, we will table mm. a referendum. Um, and others are saying we absolutely won't. And you can kind of tell from their track records who's, who's bluffing and who isn't. Right. Um, but that's what, how it'll have um, an effect on this election. But really, it doesn't matter who gets in, because we're going to be a thorn in their side anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter who gets in it's either someone receptive to be to the thorns
2: or, or counter, counter
3: really really receptive. unreceptive and then there'd just be more thorny thorns trying to thorns. make a terrible pun was, about counter receptive I see what you oh. did and it's a beautiful thing <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> uh what was what was it like uh being a teenager in small town Ireland
3: That was really strange because uh it was uh very sort of repressed time, except mm. that of course people were still doing what they've always done. Right, <laughs> yeah, especially when the telly is terrible and you've only got one channel. <laughs> um, so uh, we so there was lots of um, you know snogging and you know behind down what we call Devil's Lane. It's not a euphemism; it was an actual lane we called Devil's Lane. Went to a <laughs> convent school. There were two secondary schools in Kinsale, and one was called the one was the vocational school, and okay. uh, the, and then we were in the convent school and round about when I was coming through they became mixed, they were co-ed which was fantastic because I, you know, I'm not a fan of, of um, separate separate sex schools anyway. I just think it yeah, makes yeah. your your puberty, which is already so, so, so scary <laughs> and confusing. It makes it even worse because suddenly you're 20 and it's like, oh, look, men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I think, you know, getting, you know, to go, going through stuff, you know, with, with you know, opposite sex kids and of the same age is brilliant. Mm. And you yeah. work things through, you know, sometimes with your tongue, sometimes just <laughs> on the debating team. But, you know, you work it through. And so that's really important. So Were these sex ca- schools? Yeah, uh, the tech, the vocational school, I'm not sure what slant that had. But the convent school was very much a Catholic school. Mm. Um, but they still let us have school discos and stuff. They'd be very heavily supervised, right. but it wasn't sort of you know, the 1950s. It was mm. till the 1980s. But um, <laughs> uh, it was it was really fun. I remember them being really fun times. But again, you didn't you didn't really date. You'd, you'd, you'd snog at one school right. disco and then you're expected to be going. You were going then. We're going. Are you going? you going? We're going. you going? We're going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was what was teenage Tara like? Teenage Tara was so insecure, but because I'm a bit of a fighter, I was loud. So I was loud and insecure. <laughs> so I.E. nightmare. <laughs> I was, you know, really over. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. So get out of my way. <laughs> um, I think very, you know, mouthy. not a shocker. Um. Very, very, very shy though, cripplingly shy. Mm. Really sensitive. Wrote a lot, read a lot. That was my main main activity was reading, reading and cycling. I lived in the country, so like I was always, I was. If I wasn't reading, I was outside. So there was a ton of tomboy stuff as well. Right. Um. Very overweight. Big, big buck teeth with loads of loads and loads of braces on. Um, so you wasn't the first in the queue for the kissing. <laughs> a lot of elastic bands in the way. So, um, just picturing
2: braces all over your actual all body. All over my body. Yeah, like
3: I was like, um, yeah, I stuck to any magnets that were passing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it wasn't a happy picture. Who is your first love? My first love? That's a great question because there were so many sort of very short-lived you couldn't call it love. Mm-hmm. I think my first love was a guy and I don't want to name names the problem with Dublin is it's so, so, so small. Great. We'll so. call him Seamus O'Callaghan. Seamus O'Callaghan <laughs> with the red hair and the one eye. Um, <laughs> nobody knows him. Um, but yeah, so that was probably in my late, in my late 20s and yeah, I absolutely adored this guy. He was, he was he was lovely. He was very, very sweet. Um, drank a little too much and so there was mm. one only one, but one massive cheating incident in our flat, in right. my bed orgy, and it was a huge orgy. <laughs> no, <laughs> but so I was. That was that was really heartbreaking. Yeah, because uh, I suppose I hadn't said I lo- really loved. I mean, I I thought I had. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I wonder, can you really know when you're that young? I I th- kind of think now, as I look back. I wanted to be in love really badly yeah and I might have even said it before this guy but you can't really know till you've got something to compare it to and right. a few heartbreaks to measure it against yeah. yeah I think um what do you think being in love is you know I've 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 rejigged the list and I think kindness is at the top I forgot to put kindness on the list <laughs> I put all kinds of one thing, fun, yes, <laughs> L- loads of fun, loads and loads of fun, yeah, yep, not necessarily in any way kind or <laughs> you know thoughtful or uh, in both directions i'm I'm Ooh. you know tarring myself with the same brush um uh, yeah, I think love is mutual kindness uh respect, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that, that's when you kind of go, I, I think in a long relationship, I, I've heard of loads of couples, you know, surviving cheating incidents and, and mm-hmm. that one I spoke about, we almost did. There were other issues, but, right. um, we almost did because I don't think that's the end of the world right. but I think the problem with that is you go, you go oh that you know that wonderful respect uh, you know it might have only been a moment but I didn't respect you then I yeah. wasn't thinking about you and yeah. you know is it possible in a very long relationship to always stay faithful I don't know I hope so I'm living right. my life as if it is yeah um, but I don't know yeah um, uh, I just think the loss of the respect then I would find it difficult to get past I think yeah but Let's see. Let's see, Carl. <laughs> Want to test me on that one? Let's see how we all get on. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, but I, I think kindness and respect are kind of at the top now for me. Mm. Yeah, I sound so old and boring. <laughs> I'm old and boring. I should own those things and be proud. Yeah, you know, uh,
2: you, you're not old and boring. You and Carl are both in, uh, in, in entertainment. Yeah, yeah. How do you, do, do you guys? struggle with like balancing um, your relationship and your individual
3: careers or it's actually easier because he's not in front of camera or he's not mm-hmm. on stage right so yeah. it's two performers together is kind of I think nuts. I'm done I am done with that it's, it's yeah. so hard and it's so appealing mm-hmm. it's like you really get me you get everything about me you kind of are me <laughs> oh, shit you are me <laughs> nightmare two nightmares yeah. together Yeah. difficult yeah um um, and then, you know, the lifestyle isn't conducive to steady relationships and it's just it's all kind of hard. Yeah. Really electric. Right. Really hard. Um he's he's a writer and he doesn't perform, so we've got a little bit of the yin and yang thing going on. Mm-hmm. So um he's very sociable. He's actually kind of more outgoing than I am. Really? But I'm excited to meet him. I'll meet yeah, him tomorrow he's, at he's, brunch. Yes, right? you will, really, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah he's uh, he's he's great fun. Um I'm I'm weirdly, you know, I, even this is a little bit of a performance element so I, you know, but I'm quite reserved. Mm. And even, you know, my tweets are kind of <laughs> they'll, they'll be angry sometimes and I especially if it's something I'm advocating for. Yeah. But like if I'm sick or if I'm, you know, you know, having a bad day or I don't tweet that stuff. I don't want people to know. I I like to guard a lot. So though the tweets are kind of prolific, they might not be their surface Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, there might be something I'm passionate about, but there might not be me. Right. Um, so, but he's very outgoing. So we've got the yin and yang there too. So he's, I, I'm a performer. He doesn't perform, but he's outgoing and I'm kind of a little shy. shy. Yeah. So um, we sort of balance each other there. I mean, I, I'm so shy. If I have to call a customer service or whatever, oh, yeah. I'll ask him to do it. <laughs> oh, well, I go, nice oh do I'll trip over, I'll trip over my words. And anyway, it's more useful <laughs> to have an American voice because you expect good customer service. So they'll give it to you. <laughs> all my Uh. self-esteem crashes
2: to the floor when I have to pick up the phone. Are there any other uh, any other pluses to being American in Ireland aside from that like, well good customer is service true? is a
3: huge deal ah, um, no okay. one calls you a dick if you send food back or anything they go well yeah well, that, they expect that kind of thing <laughs> they expect value for their hard-earned
1: cash <laughs>
3: <laughs> whereas we're supposed to go no this is delicious thank you it's awful it's awful it's also affording us a bitching opportunity you see it's giving mm. an opportunity to give out like my, my second right, book yeah. um, but it's a uh, sly plug sly, sly plug, plug. Sly <laughs> not sly over slam <laughs> down on the table. Here's a copy of the book. Uh, but it, it, it really is a cultural thing. It is something that everyone notices when they come here. Mm. We will go, this is lovely. It's really lovely. No, it's really not. It's terrible. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to get six months out of you know shouting about it now. Yeah. Um, anything else? Any other? Uh, I think there is still that sort of... Respect the downsides. Actually, that's a good oh, yeah, one. Sure. The downsides, really, though. So there is that sort of respect, but a little bit of it is grudging. Mm-hmm. A little bit of it is, oh, you're American. You must think you're great. Right? Because we, because we kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> so you must think you're great. Well, I'll take you down a peg or two. Where did you say you were going? Says the taxi driver. Well, I'm going to take you round the block second time. You know, Carl says that he's been living here five years now. So sometimes, a taxi driver will hear the accent and go. Oh yeah, no, it's this way, and you go. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's what I you know this is where the roadworks are. Su- I've
2: suspected that a couple of times. A, a little yeah. bit. It's
3: just, but it's that tourist thing. It's it's sure, a little yeah. bit, little bit on the on on the take, I suppose. Just a tiny bit of that old sort yeah. of the 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 old. You know, we don't have any industries. We do now, but right. you know that old the thing of you know, we're going to need tourists here. So yeah. You know, Oh, let's milk that, the tourists a little bit. It's not a nice trait, but it's, it, it's, there's a little bit of that,
2: but the it's such it's such an unfortunate stereotype that I'm finding to be pretty true, but i I witnessed so many so many obnoxious uh, conversations with, or, with uh, Americans and Irish people that makes me feel so embarrassed. really like what? I just like i I mean Americans don't know. Anything about Ireland at all, but
3: think they know everything because we have such a... They love the have, romantic we, view. That's one thing, that they do come yeah. with a very romantic view of what it's like here.
2: Right. Well, and I've, I've had, when I went back home, because I was here over the summer and then went back home, I had so many people just school me about Ireland. Like I had a driver, a uh, an Uber driver tell me that um, he was just talking about going to Ireland and he was like, Oh, I just, oh, it was so wonderful. And, and he's talking about coming here like 30 years prior. Yeah. I so, oh, it was so great. And I went to a pub there, and, and then the pubs there, the, there's more ale in the boards than there is on the taps and and it's so green there and it's and it, you know it's so green because
3: of all the manure and i was like what no <laughs> <laughs> it rains manure here that's yeah.
2: right i said no it's, it's the famous uh, manure monsoon yes <laughs> i said no it's green because of the rain he's like no 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 i've been and i said i the reason why we're having those conversations because i told <laughs> you, you i was there no. for six weeks yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but just americans don't know i i just went up to um I went to Giant's Causeway for Valentine's Day. Beautiful. Which was really great. was gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, God. Except our tour guide was the most talkative in the same tone... Just stream of consciousness. Just He, he literally talked about the I've history of the world at one point. Oh, right. Like, the, he was talking about the Ice Age. And I was like, is this really happening? Just oh, like clinging, grabbing my boyfriend's arm. And he was, couldn't stop laughing because oh, we were both very hungover and tired as well.
3: So he was talking oh, about yeah. the Ice Age in a glacier-like <laughs> speed. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was amazing. But, uh, but yeah, but Americans don't know about any of the history of Ireland don't know that Ireland's not in the UK don't yeah. know that there is so much that Irish people had to go through for it to, to not uh, be in the okay. But I wonder
3: okay. how many Irish people would know about it, the, the minutiae of um, American history and geography and you know, so okay, you know where New York is, and you know where Boston is, you know where LA is. Right. Show me where Tucson is, you know, on a map. I mean, I, I you guys, I, I couldn't. You know, so it's like I think that the, 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 we do kind of go, oh, Americans, they don't know anything. But also, how much do we know about the US? And I think we are complicit a little bit. This mm. has been a bugbear of mine for the last few years. We're complicit oh, right. in what we sell to the US. What we want mm. the US to know is that the fields are green and that there's right, a pint of yeah. porter waiting for you. <laughs> and uh, you so, like, so, you know, pint of porter. Pint porter. I've done those ads. <laughs> you know, uh, Ireland, live a different life. Um, <laughs> I have. I've done them. Oh, um, uh, but you know, we're we sell that stuff. So mm. of course, that's what people know. Yeah. I remember we did <laughs> with a theatre company once we in uh, in the 90s we did at Milwaukee Irish Fest we never got so oh, no. Irish-splained in all of our lives it Irish-splained was that's exactly on. what that is yes. <laughs> um, yes but it was it was like uh, so uh, I want to sing you a little song and he sang one of those Hollywood songs you know where they, they've they never been sung in Ireland Tour, Laura, Laura, kind of stuff Top of the Morning kind of stuff how many times have you heard Top of the Morning since you've been here never right <laughs> um, maybe Barry Fitzgerald oh, Only when I I force my boyfriend to say (laughs) it. Oh, God, Aaron. No, you're not going to make it. He's never going to get over that. That's it. You've doomed your relationship. I, mean, I, 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 I can't remember if he actually did it, but I was
2: daring him to just say it to, there were some American tourists and I was like, just say it. You'll make their...
3: Diddly, doodly, doodly, diddly, doodly, deedly doodly, do. But yeah, well, you're doomed. Sorry about that. But, okay, um, that's yeah, fair enough. It sounded so promising, but there you go. You ruined it. Um, but uh, this guy was saying, ah, oh, you know, it's all McCree. Mother, mother, I've got to go home now and look after me, me, mither. And I said, you're, you're what? Me mither, and I went. <laughs> What's that word? And he said, yeah. "Oh, it's mother it's the way you guys say it." And My I said, mither. I said, "No, it's not. Oh. We don't say that. I'm afraid." But I, he had been; it had been shoveled down his throat yeah. from the age of three. Yeah. You know. So how how else was he to think he hadn't been? So what, he had this this right, vision yeah. that he'd been sold. Yeah, I
2: think there, we're complicit a, in
3: it. Irish, Irish American culture is a real
2: is a real thing, but it's just that it's Irish American culture. Yeah, but it's I, a
3: unique thing. it's yeah. brilliant. It, but it's it's a brand new thing. It's sure. It's a new. Uh, it's uh, the two the two have joined and, and formed a child that is a different <laughs> entity altogether. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love Ireland so much. It's great. great, and I love the yeah. U.S. It's brilliant. I, you know, I'm I'm worried for it right now.
1: Mm. <gasps> What's <day> going <laughs> to happen? <laughs> oh
3: God, yeah. But it yeah. is. It's so brilliant. It's so diverse, and it's so vast, and there's so much potential there. Mm-hmm. You know that's the thing. That's one of the things I absolutely love about Americans is right. that sort of nothing's impossible. Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a try. When I come back from LA, I'm always fired up and kind of Fantastic. positive and and driven because everyone yeah. is is driven there. Now sometimes it's it's hollow and you know it's it's bullshit. Like people say, I'm a novelist. It's like you're you're right. You're, yeah. You, you no, know, you're not yet. We, you know, yeah. we keep writing. I applaud that, but. <laughs> Not yet, but yeah. but that drive is so brilliant. It's great. My I, my problem with it though
2: is. That in Los Angeles especially it feels like everyone is worshiping the same or going after the same goal or worshiping the same idea which is mass approval from strangers right. which but always we all want that, diminishing returns. <laughs> I want that I know but it know gets in the way of of quality of life like people don't people don't hang out the same way that they no. hang out here and that's not just a drinking thing
3: like they people don't. like
2: people really value other people people here in yeah. a way that feels different.
3: I, I have noticed as well like when people make a connection there and that this is the downside of the drive mm. uh, you know that ruthlessness to get where they're going yeah. so you're, you're not a person you're a possible conduit to where yeah. they need to be Yeah. so there is a little bit of that yeah. you know and while it's great to make a connection and reach out I think that's a very positive aspect the other thing is like, hey, oh, what, what can you do for me? And if, if nothing, bye.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
3: And people are so people
2: are so flaky, myself included, um, which I which I am now like, I, I really need to get over that because you because in Los Angeles, you say to a million people a million times a day, oh, yeah, we should totally hang out. We should totally hang out. And you never mean it. You never, ever mean it. My
3: favorite L.A. excuse. is, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's meet at X bar. Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic great, we'll all be there. And then, you know, so let's say 8 o'clock and at 8, 10, you'll get, oh, guys, I'm home and I, I got parking. So... I'm not moving again. <laughs> I mean, at least they're being honest. They're I'm being 100% honest. Pretty, yeah. But it's, it's yeah. like that's happened more than once. But, you know, when you've been in L.A. for any more than a week, you go, I totally get that. Absolutely. You stay where you are. Don't move. Yeah, <laughs> Don't yeah. ever move again. You have parking.
2: Uh, I'll end with this, which is a question that I've, that I've asked several guests, which is my own personal litmus test that I may change. may have to change for Ireland because I think, these three things have different uh, cultural meaning here. Okay, but it's a very abstract question, and you just have to pick one of the three options. Okay. And in my in my uh, in my, my brain, I've concocted a, a, I have convinced myself that I know what kind of person someone is. Okay. Based on what they Oh Jesus. Choose. Oh, maybe I'll write down what I think you'll choose. Okay. That would be fun. And then we'll see if I'm right. <laughs> oh my okay. God. So these are.
3: This is high stakes, high pressure. <laughs> but I may have to change it
2: because I don't I don't know if it Cuz
3: you're wrong. You're wrong. You choose okay. wrong.
2: All right, here are the three options. Okay. Campfire, pool, buffet.
3: Pool. Uh-huh, okay. Why but why pool? Pool because I love to swim. Oh, okay. My nickname uh, this is going to sound really, really weird, but you know, when I was au pairing in France and oh. there was a pool nearby because the, the, the family piscine? had a pool. La piscine. <laughs> they used to call me la poisson. They used to call me <laughs> the,
1: the fish. Okay.
3: Uh, not because I stank or nothing, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, they used to call me. So I, lo- I love, love swimming. And oh, really he, he, I, I love the sea. I love. Oh. M- Pools. Yeah, so that, that's right. why. Well, Buffet, I was wrong. I'd be I'd be done quite soon. You know, I'd lose interest quite quickly. And campfire, right. I do enjoy, but not over a pool. Mm. Mm. Interesting. A pool could put out a campfire,
2: <laughs> and we'll leave it on that. Thank you so much, Tara. All right, that was my interview with the phenomenal Tara Flynn. Tara is on Twitter at. Tara Flynn, that's F L Y N N. And then Tara is T A R A. She has a weekly column on headstuff.org and you can find, um, all, all things Tara at Tara Flynn dot uh, I'm going to post her, um, quote unquote, coming out Irish times piece about, uh, getting an abortion. And, um, Tara was kind enough to send me a million links for, All of these things. Um, There are several organizations that help women with crisis pregnancies. And if you want to donate monetarily, I'm going to post those all on the Facebook page. But one of them is abortionsupport.org.uk. And if you want to learn more about repealing the Eighth Amendment, go to facebook.com slash repeal eight. And now to switch gears completely. I am currently on uh, a few drugs. And those drugs, my friend, wait for it, are uh, serotonin and dopamine and adrenaline because I am in that sweet, sweet uh, new love phase. I have uh, I've started to see some. God, I sound so cheesy. Sometimes when I talk like that, I, I imagine myself as a, uh, so forty five year old dad in the seventies, like super young dad in the in the garage uh, with a drum set, secretly smoking weed, embarrassing his teenage kids. That is what I imagine I sound like. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm I'm in this I'm I'm in I'm in the sweetest the sweetest stage of of love right now. The uh, some people argue that there are three different stages of love. There's lust and then attraction and then attachment. I'm definitely in the attachment phase where I I just am seeing no flaws and am um, just super dreamy all the time about somebody and it's wonderful it's so great and so terrifying at the same time and also not what I expected so soon after uh getting a divorce but yeah you can't you know timing timing is weird but uh here I am anyway I um so anyway that those those chemicals in my brain uh make it so I think about this person all the time and um it's just uh, it's just very intense. It's wonderfully uh, intense and scary and weird. And my friend Jess Rona, who's super talented, uh, writer, comedian, musician, uh, dog grooming artiste. She's she's responsible for. These excellent slow motion videos that you've probably seen of dogs with beautiful haircuts and with with great soundtracks, slow motion getting hair dried, which uh, are just the greatest thing in the entire world. and I highly recommend uh, watching all of them all the time if you'd like to. Be happy. Um, and you can find you can find those dogs those dog videos on her Instagram, which is Jess Rona Grooming. That's J E S S R O N A Grooming. And you can check out Jess's YouTube page, Jess Rona. And uh, I wanted to play this song for you because I'm in this in this manic manic falling in love stage. And this this song is a uh, satirical take on um, the attach the attachment stage, which is my, the way that I am. <laughs> how, that's not, those aren't, Jenna, those aren't just as words, but that's how I have interpreted this song, which is uh, satirical and, but also just a really good song. So thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast. I'm going to let just play us out you can get in touch with me by emailing thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com you can also find me on the Twitter I am Erin McGathy, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for listening McGathatech. Tech
1: I wanna do with you what lovers do I realize the only familiar thing to me is you I want to stay with you and be with you always I find myself dangerous
0: Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for Pro Business Hours, 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe's for Pros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.